Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, um, I hear you have some some good news to share. Yeah, I put yeah. you on the spot the last couple of podcasts we've you done did. together. So, I mean, you really did because you know it would have led up to this, yeah. and then I would have been like, oh, yeah, no. So the news, news is no, it's good news. Yes. So passed my CFP exam. Congratulations. Still have to wait. I think they get four weeks before they kind of give you the official results, but they do yeah. give you a preliminary, like uh, a, a note that you pass, so yeah. that you can breathe and not stress out for the next four weeks. But any, yeah, so any estimate of hours that you spent on that? Man. I mean, so. You know, I was behind the review game uh, because they want you to spend it's like 200 hours reviewing after you finish the coursework. Mm-hmm. So I finished the coursework and I only had two months. And I think they want you to have three. Yeah. So in that, I had to cram three months of work into two. I don't know. I mean, probably hit close to 150 hours yeah. of just reviewing. Just the review. Just review. That's not the study piece. You know, and keep in mind, listeners, you know, I got four children. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I was able to do a yeah. little bit yeah. during downtimes at work, but it, you know, it just it it ended up being a, a lot of evenings, mornings, yeah. weekends. It's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, the CFP for folks that don't know, it's Certified Financial Planning Designation. It's the gold standard in our industry. It really is. It covers so many topics. Yeah, it's and, very vast. It's a very vast. That's when it made it hard. It's yeah. vast. Yeah. They could ask you questions on thousands of topics. Yep. But you only get 170 questions. Well, so. good. So now you're an expert. So any question that we, yeah, right. we have come through the firm, you, you <laughs> yeah, know. I'll. But we got CFPs everywhere we in do. the firm. So, yeah, we do. Um, but congratulations. Thank that's you. A, yes, that is. That's a huge accomplishment. It's it a really big is. relief to to be able to now really just focus on clients and yep. work here and not have to yep. worry about it. Studying, yeah, so. super. So do anything for masters next week? Yeah. Well, so we we rent out our. Well, it's our first okay. year renting out our house. Okay. Good. Yeah, we're renting out our house, and then we're taking vacation to see um, my my brother and my good parents. So, good. Yeah, I've got about, some family coming in town, good. so we always stay in and uh, yeah. gather at my uh, my mom's house and watch it on Sunday. So yeah, it's a it's a fun time of the year. Yeah, it is fun, and yeah, kids are off school, and so we've been uh, prepping for that ever since. Like, yeah, so I finished my exam, and then my wife was like, "All right, the night you finish your exam, we can rest." Let's celebrate. Let's you know watch a yeah, watch a movie or show. Thing. And the next day, she's like, "Well, now we got to get the prepping." That's right, for, man. For you got you got other things to do. Yeah, it's like, all right, whatever. Stop we'll using this as an excuse. Keep not it, helping, Keep right? the momentum going. <laughs> Don't stop and slow down. Well, congratulations again. Thank I you. just wanted to to bring that to our listeners because yeah. we we have talked about that. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, but we have a great show lined up today. We've got um, we're going to start off with a uh, a discussion from Morningstar and and Zach. We don't talk about this a lot, but we see this. Uh, when we meet with prospects and and um, you know folks out in the community, and it's a uh, investment complexity is not your friend. So yeah, like there's that. a lot of different ways to do investing and building wealth, and you know it doesn't have to be like complicated. Um, you know to be successful is what it boils down to. So we're going to dive into that topic because it's so important. Having some simpli- simplicity in your life and in your investments it'll make things a little bit easier and the results don't um, typically change from being complex. Yeah, and then the the second article we'll look at is uh, from Kiplinger's. It's, um, it says, in retirement, many crucial questions start with the word when. I like that. Um, I, I read the the title and I was I thought it'd yeah. be good for the show just because yeah, I think a lot of times we we know what we have to do, but the question of when is the, the ambiguous one. And mm-hmm. so thinking about those questions, uh, that question, when, when engage in retirement, 
uh, is, is very important. We'll get into that in yeah. the second article here. Yeah, very good. By the way, I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified coach. And I have uh, 30 years of experience, man, time flies. 30 years 30 of experience years. in both planning for corporations and individuals. And I'm Zach Albanese, a financial advisor here at Richard Young Associates. Been here for over two years. Been in the industry for uh, almost four. Yeah. I cannot say I'm a CFP yet. Well, you passed it. Passed the test. Yes. Well, until I get the 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 uh, official word from the board. Yeah, and you get your designation. Yeah. So. But yes, pass the exam, the board exam. Yeah. So. That's awesome. We're ha- happy to have you listening. We have uh, uh, our show is up every Friday morning. Uh, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net um, or iTunes and uh, download it. We have past sessions you can listen to. Also, go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a lot of tools. If you've never visited, yeah. we have some videos out there, but we also have some, some good... Um, some good exercises, a retirement planning little software that you can do. There's also uh, a budget sheet. There's a financial account inventory sheet out there. So go check that out as well. And we also have a uh, Facebook page, MoneyMD, um, yeah. on there. And you're doing the prescription this week. So, that's, that's right. Uh, go check that. You can see uh, you can see us in person. That's right. Listen, yeah. Listening to us through the podcast. So we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. And um, we, we talk about this a lot with retirees. Um, the studies that we see show that um, folks in their 80s and 90s spend about 75% of what they did back in their 60s and 70s. So, you know, the the type of spending also changes in your 80s and 90s. It mm-hmm. shifts more to medical. That's right. But if you think about it, when you're in your 80s, you're not buying new cars. You're not typically buying new furniture or new clothes. You don't know the 80-year-olds I hang out with, John. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So they're just, you're not able to spend as much um, in your 80s and 90s, which leads us to encourage people when they when they can retire to retire and spend some of their money because you have a yeah. window in your 60s and 70s. Typically, you're, you're you know healthy and you can get around and do things. So um, but doing that retirement plan is so critical because it, it frees you up to go and do some of this stuff when you can, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and a lot of times we do retirement planning. We, you know, we assume a income level throughout the rest of your life, and and I think just to know that yeah, spending does decrease as you as you age is is important for planning. Yeah, yeah. And typically, I mean, the retirement plan is pretty conservative from our standpoint. We assume that you spend right. the same same level in your eighties and nineties. Yeah. So. When we do retirement planning, we want to be conservative. We don't want people to run out of money. Um, right. Some people may spend 100% in their 80s and 90s, so we, we want to plan on different contingencies. But um, it just helps the retirement discussion to know, hey, you're, you're going to be okay long term. That's right. Um, do something sooner than later from a retirement standpoint. So, All right, so we're going to switch gears here. And uh, this is an article from Morningstar, Amy Arnett. And, um, you know, Zach, we see this, you know, we see a lot of folks come in with very complicated products. Um, and, you know, when you look at annuities, every annuity is a little different. comes with an 18-page, you know, disclosure book that you have to oh, read yeah. through. And most of the time, investment complexity is not your friend. So, you know, mutual funds uh, were originally meant to make life simple. Um, and at a time when it was difficult or impossible for individual investors to get a diversified portfolio without paying, you know, steep commissions for, for individual stocks, Mutual funds started to show up. Vanguard, Wellington, um, Massachusetts Investors Trust, Pioneer Fund, um, and this was many, many years ago, back in the 1920s. So mm-hmm. the Investment Company Act of 1940 started to regulate the industry a little bit. But Zach, since then, it's it's amazing. I mean, the fund industry has grown into a tr- tr- $20 trillion plus colossal. It's massive. That is and, 20, and, wow. Yeah, and there are over 10,000 different mutual funds and ETFs. 
10, I mean, that's yeah. why it's so confusing to people, right? I mean, oh, there's yeah. just so many to choose from. Um, and so the, you know, the abundance, um, is really, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to figure out which ones to invest in. So this, in this article, we're going to kind of go through the complexities, uh, and the perils of complexities and a way to simplify your investments. And we're big believers when we see people's information, it's like, oh, you've got all these accounts everywhere. I mean, one of the things that we recommend for people to do, whether it's investing with us or themselves or someone else, is just simplify your finances. So right. um, we'll we'll kind of dive into this at this point. Yeah, you know, and I think the, the, the fund industry really now includes this dazzling variety of options from active to passive, long to short, inverse to leverage, and the various combinations thereof spanning nearly every conceivable asset class, you know, and then some. Morningstar's U.S. fund database now includes 28,000 share classes for more than 800 different fund companies and 128 categories. Wow, that's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. If I, you know, saying all that, you're confused. In one way, I think it's kind of intentional to confuse you. You know, Um, so recent fund uh, launches have become increasingly esoteric and niche. Um, and during the past three years, for example, fund companies rolled out at least 139 funds focusing on options trading, 53 leveraged equity, 39 in digital assets, which is you know cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. 26 trading inverse equity, 274 sector, and 205 Man. thematic funds. Oh, thematic funds yeah. just sounds yeah, themish. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny how. I really do think, and this is not just in investing, but any industry, complexity um, almost has this air about it that it's, well, complexity is sophisticated. Yeah. It is, yeah. it's smarter to be complex. When in reality, any industry, most times, the more you know, actually simplicity becomes yes. the 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 truism behind it all. So anyway, I, getting ahead of myself. No, but. you're right. You're exactly right. And and so this range of options for people is overwhelming. I mean, we see that in 401ks, right? If, if a 401k has 20 or 30 options, I mean, it's just overwhelming. I mean, we yeah. help do recommendations for 401ks all the time. But, you know, a lot of times these range of options can can lead to, uh, to bad outcomes for the individual investor. So, you know, the topsy-turvy state of affairs um, really hasn't led to better results for investors. In fact, there's evidence that these fund companies are prone to rolling out these offerings at exactly the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. So a given sector... Uh, you know, has attracted investor interest and um, has higher valuations and risk levels. Cryptocurrency is a great example. The interest in the area exploded in the wake of the area's, um, you know, tenfold run-up between 2019 through 2021. The number of fund offerings of uh, these digital assets went from two to about 30 at the end of 2021. And guess what happened in 2022. Yeah, they they tanked. (laughs) They tanked. So all these new funds, and you know what they're going to do with those new funds? They're going to close them down, Mm -hmm. get rid of the historical data, and open up a new New fund with fresh results. Yep. So, you know, we also saw that with uh, 70 technology funds between 2019 and 2021, attracting more inflows than any other sector fund category. And, you know, after posting fantastic returns over the three-year period, uh, the technology category dropped about 38%. Yep. in 2022. So gosh, you know, when something's hot like that, we see new funds open up, people, money's going into them, and then then they crash. Yeah. And, and you know, this pattern has led to this persistent gap between returns investors actually experience, uh, also known as investor returns or asset-weighted returns, and reported total returns. This gap has averaged about 
1.7 percentage points across all fund categories over a 10-year period ending in 2021. Um, so, you know, let's let's get into the possible reasons there is such a, a large gap on that. So the gap is 1.7 percent. Yeah. I mean, and that's not insignificant because people are piling in these technology and yeah. crypto funds because they're new and it's like, oh, we got new funds and new new t- inverse technologies, and then then the market crashes. That's what's driving it. And, and also on a practical note, complexity <laughs> increases the number of details for investors to keep track of. I and mean, we see this a lot. More accounts means more passwords yep. to remember, more account statements to gather up at tax time, more time spent on rebalancing if you're doing it yourself, um, more accounts to tally up for the required minimum distribution. I mean, life is complicated enough without having all of these different portfolios. And so that's one of the reasons, quite frankly, people use advisors as you can consolidate and have a consistent strategy in one place. Yep. One person can, to connect with. You can go to one desk and sit yep. down and talk to people. You you know, people answer the phone here, you know, <laughs> things like that. So you know, the complexity, uh, you got to think about trying to simplify your situation. And, you know, there, there are a few ways to avoid this complexity. One of the most helpful tactics is, is really to tune out the day-to-day noise of the economic and the market news. I mean, particularly during the volatile and uncertain times, there's almost always something that's worrisome, or uh, panic-inducing happening, but making drastic portfolio moves, you know, based on an emotional basis, is usually not a really good idea. Yeah, and you know, on a related note, don't be afraid to put things on your too hard pile. You know, complicated investment products or strategies that you don't understand usually won't lead to better results. And if something sounds too good to be true, uh, you know, a higher than average yield, triple-digit returns, a manager who promises to perform well no matter what the market environment is, that's usually a red flag. Yeah, one of the, and I'll just give you an example. We had a gentleman come in and says, hey, my, my buddy's buying an annuity, and they gave him 10% bonus, yeah. gave him 10% on the money. And so we kind of walked through the math a little bit and how annuities work. And I mean, quite frankly, it's smoke and mirrors. I mean, it's a, it's a marketing it uh, gig when they, when they do that. So you, you got to be careful when, you, when you're investing. I mean, you really just you can keep it simple. I mean, if you think about Dave Ramsey's strategy of growth and growth and income and small stocks and international I mean, that's kind of the things you need to have in your portfolio. Um, you know, you need to be diversified. You don't have to have these wild and exotic fun- funds in order to do well. I mean, you just don't. You, you don't, yeah. You, you need to be diversified, but you don't, don't need to have all of these different type of products out there to be successful. And right. for tax-deferred accounts, you can simplify, you know, things even more by investing you know, in your in your 401k, if you have a target date fund, that's a reasonable mm-hmm. option. They have built-in diversification, not as good as what we like. Uh, we like small stocks a lot. We do. Um, typically, uh, target date funds don't have a lot of small stocks. There's also robo-advisors that are a you know, possibility. They can help you with the allocation piece of it. And then if you want more complex um, help and personal service and planning, you know, an advisor can can do maybe tax planning, retirement, income planning, maybe some estate planning as well. So, you know, ultimately, you know, the important thing to focus on is um, what matters most. And you got to get some key decisions correct. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, Dave Ramsey is so successful. It's like, all right, get your emergency fund, yep, pay off debt, save for retirement and be diversified and pay off your house. I mean, it really can be as simple as it's that. Simple. So, you know, if you're in a complex situation now or if you have questions on your situation, um, you know, come in and talk to us, call us up. We'll certainly be happy to sit down with you. But one of the things I'm personally trying to do in my life and we encourage for our clients <clears throat> is to simplify. Yep. Um, try to make things simple. Not only if something happens to me, you know, Tammy will will understand and be taken care of, but it just doesn't need to be complicated. I don't need 10 statements 
from places when I can have one statement and as long as yeah. it's diversified and it's under a process, um, that's the key. Yeah. So, keep it simple. Keep it simple. It's a, it's the kiss principle, right? That's right. <clears throat> All right. So question of the week here is, um, I just retiring and, um, have about $500,000 in retirement savings, but I'm, I'm not sure if I should get a part-time job or a little nervous about pulling money from my investments. So what should I do? So this is where a retirement plan comes in. So that retirement yep. plan, we'll look at that 500,000 and say, you know, on average, you can take, you know, 1500 to, to maybe, you know, 2000 a month mm -hmm. in income. And you can plan on that for a couple of decades, you know, based on history a little bit. So Getting a part, if that $1,500 is going to satisfy your budget needs, then you don't need to get a part-time job. Right. So it's all about planning. It's all about planning and, and what you want to do. I mean, sometimes people get part-time jobs because they want, they enjoy the work. They don't need the money. But, but even if you're in that situation, even any, any extra money will sure. help, even if it's yeah. $500 a month that you get from a part-time job. Yeah. So I think it's, does your plan work? Yes, great. You don't need the part-time job, but if you want to do something great, that'll help your plan because yep. you won't be drawing out of it. But yeah, I think the plan is crucial. I have a, a good friend who's a, a client as well, and and he retired is about ten years ago, and he decided he wanted to work. He didn't need to. the The plan said he could take some money yep. out of it, but he um he delivers flowers and he does so. I'm like, well, yeah. why you, why'd you choose that? He's like, I love the reaction I get when the person opens the yeah. door. And I had them hand them flowers. It's just a positive. I mean, yeah. who says no? I don't want those. Get away. Yeah, everybody's positive yeah. and happy. Right. So I mean, I, I think yeah, if you enjoy it, you get something out of it. You enjoy the what other people get out of it. Sure, and that's what I think. Work work and retirement should be that way. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Switch switching gears here. The uh, the word is when. The word is when. Yeah. So let's talk about when. You know, for um, it, this is again from Kiplinger's. Uh, you know, and it's um. The, the article was uh, in retirement, many crucial questions start with the word when. And so I think for a secure retirement, you know, want to make sure you know all the answers to all of these when questions. So John, you know, people approaching retirement ponder numerous questions, but I found that many of the most important questions do revolve around this word when. Um, when do you plan on retire? When will you take social security? That's mm -hmm. a big one. When will you start withdrawing money from your retirement savings? Um, these are some of the biggest questions in retirement. And oftentimes, when you do these things, or when you do these things, you know, is one of the most important questions you can tackle. And so frankly, in retirement, when really is everything. That's because so many financial decisions related to retirement are much more reliant on timing mm -hmm. than on the long-term performance uh, of an investment. Yeah. And unfortunately, too many people who are approaching retirement or maybe already there, they don't adjust how they think about investing to account for, you know, timings, uh, you know, the time critical role. So, in their younger days, they had a strategy for accumulating money based on uh, tolerance for risk, typically. So that seemed to mm -hmm. work, and they stuck to it. But in retirement, you know, the the game changes, and your approach to handling money needs to to change too. So, you know, when plays a large role in the new strategy, and so we're going to look at a couple of reasons uh, for why you know the when is so imp important. Because you're right, it's timing on all these different activities that have to occur. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so the first thing we'll look at is. RMDs, required minimum distributions. What will you do when RMDs hit? So many people use traditional IRAs or 401ks to save for retirement. And these are great accounts because they're tax deferred accounts, meaning you don't pay taxes on the money that you put in, the income that you put in to the accounts each year. But you will pay income tax when you begin withdrawing money in retirement. And when you reach age, now age 73, 
Although there's it'll be seventy five if you're yeah if, down the road down the road. But <laughs> seventy three now seventy three right now. Uh, the federal government requires you to withdraw a certain percentage each year, whether you need the money or not. And so one way to plan to avoid um, having these RMDs really affect you is to convert your tax deferred accounts to a Roth account long before you reach 73. And this is something we help uh, clients do in retirement. We want to make sure that we're doing good planning so when they reach that RMD age, they don't have um, too much in an RMD that they're realizing that is income every year. So anyway, when you take or when you take RMDs at 73, but when you plan to convert that is is really crucial. Yeah, Roth conversions are a big deal. Yep. So we talk about Roth conversions a lot because if you can do them in a 12% bracket, uh, that's a pretty pretty low yeah. tax bracket. Probably yeah, not going to be around much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going away. So the other question is, is when should you tap your different types of assets? So in retirement, you know, your focus needs to be on, on how to best use your assets um, as well as how they're invested. Um, once again, long-term performance is not the only concern anymore for Example, you may have accounts with different tax implications. So you may have taxable, you may have tax deferred, you may have tax free like a Roth account. So you need to draw on these accounts to live on. Um, and when you should you know, use each account comes into play. And one option might be to save the Roth for the, the last money spent so it can grow tax free and, and, and help you out in the future. But in, ter- in determining what order you should tap your retirement funds, much of your decision depends on your personal situation. Like, what is your tax bracket? That's another piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So that's what you know we enjoy doing is helping devise that strategy that fits your needs with the tax status. And so, if you're young listening to this, having those different tax buckets is a good thing. Yeah, so see. try to try to get some, you know, tax deferred money because you're getting a match on it in your 401k. But also, if you can get some Roth money as well, it helps with the tax planning when you get in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next when is when should you claim Social Security? When? This is a good question. Yeah. Social Security, you know, as many people know, plays a significant role in retirement for most Americans. On average, Social Security makes about 30% of a retirement's or a retiree's income. So when you claim your Social Security, it really affects how big those those monthly checks are, whether you claim it early or later. You can start drawing Social Security as early as age 62, but you do so at a rate that is reduced for the rest of your life. Also, if you want to continue working, there's a limit to how much you can make each year before penalties set in. If you wait until your full retirement age, which is 66 or 67 for most people, there's no limit how much you can make each year. And finally, if you postpone claiming your benefit past your full retirement age, the amount of your benefit will continue to grow until you reach age 70. So for example, the the Social Security benefit of someone born in 1959 might be $1,200 at age 62, $2,000 $2,000 a month at, at full retirement age or $2,500 a month at 70. Um, and so depending on your year of birth, it can change your full retirement age. So look into that. But all, all this to say is when you take it is big. And that's what, again, going back to your early point, planning is huge because yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe you don't need a big social security check. Maybe you've saved well in other retirement accounts. So you can draw it early. You can retire earlier than you thought. Um, but maybe your situation has it to where Delaying to 70 because you have saved and you don't need the money now as well can yeah. can, can be part of the situation. So really planning, but the when question does matter a lot here because it that's, affects the rest of your life. That's a big deal. And it also impacts if you're married, it impacts exactly. your spouse. Yep. So there's there's yeah. a lot of factors. It's it's tied this up is in this is quite complex. And it so is this is, it is you know, sitting down and talking about when you draw social security, <laughs> you, your spouse, the strategy behind that. 
um, is that's an important question. It is, no yeah. doubt. Another uh, win question is, is when do you start passing your wealth on to your heirs? And we just talked about in the the financial fact that when you get in your 80s and uh, 90s, you're spending less than, than what you did, which typically means we see accounts increasing mm-hmm. uh, over time. So if you plan on leaving something to your heirs and you want to limit the taxes they pay on the inheritance as much as possible, now that limit is pretty high, Fine. right? So it's it's 12. But it, yeah, but in 2026, they're sunsetting it. Who knows what they'll do? That's right. That's right. But it's, it still is high. It's 12 million per person. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, the, so the taxes are a piece of it, but it's also the reality is, is when you pass away, you're giving it away, right? Yeah. So it's going to somebody. So doing that before you pass away. Um, so you may, you know, give them your, your beneficiaries, their, some of their inheritance, um, you know, before you die through the annual gift tax exclusion. So for 2023, you can give up to $17,000 to each individual without the gift being taxable. And a married couple can give 17000 each. So, yep. you know, that's that's 34 that you could give to a child. Um, and if that child is married, you can give each one of them 34, which is 68. So you can, you know, you can give a lot of money if you, if you choose to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, obviously charities, uh, you know, you can give to charities if you're, you know, charitably inclined as well. So when it comes down to retirement planning, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you can't control such as inflation and market downturns. But the trick is to focus on the things you can control, such as when you withdraw the money from the account, when you choose to do Social Security, when you, when and if you do Roth conversions and yeah. giving and so forth. So this is kind of part of our role with clients is like helping people figure out the when. Yeah, we, we like to handle the, these complexities, sit down, talk about the when, because the when is always not, not necessarily a mathematical like no. equation either. Yeah. Even though one might look better financially, <clears throat> it might not be, it might not fit your lifestyle. And so that's why, yeah, yeah we, we come in and ask the right questions and, and make sure that, the when decisions that you make are really best for for your life and your situation. So, um, we got the prescription of the week. That's right. That's next. We're not quite done yet. Oh, we're not. We got some more. No, no. We we got that. Okay. Yeah. Let's we'll do get, your prescription. You 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 got it. Oh yeah, it's me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the article. We have a prescription of this week, uh, and the prescription this week is we're talking about money a lot. We're really good at talking about money here. Yep. Yep. Talk about <laughs> investing and asset allocation, diversification, but the the prescription this week is to think about your time like money. Invest mm. your time yep. like you do your money. Um, whether you know what does diversification mean with your time? What does asset allocation mean when it comes to your time? You know, it can, it can sound a bit cliche, but I think if we think about our our time that way, then we're not just quick to make um, kind of the, the decisions that affect our short term the best, but we're thinking about the longevity of our decisions. Mm-hmm. It's not about the if you will, the monthly return on a decision with your time. But what is what is something you do today? How does it affect 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now? We talk about retirement a lot. And a lot of times we see people are adequately uh, prepared financially for retirement, but they haven't built the relationships. They haven't invested in um, hobbies. They haven't invested in children. They haven't invested in education, those sorts of things that really define the remaining 30, 40 years of your life in retirement. So yeah, yeah the prescription this week uh, is is start thinking about investing your time like money. Um, you know, I think that is one of the best things you can do to prepare for a, a yeah. good retirement. Yeah, when you do ret- the retirement planning process, focus on financials a lot, but you also have to retire to something. Exactly. And we see people that are ready financially, but they're not ready um, from an emotional or sure. you know, a life lifestyle standpoint. So 
yeah, the time piece of it is uh, it's a softer topic, but yeah. it's equally as important. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So that's prescription. Thank you. That was good. Yeah. Congratulations again. Oh, thank you. CFP. I'm thank happy you. for you, man. Thanks. So this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to MoneyMD.net. You can hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check out our website, MoneyMD.net. Send us questions. You can call us here at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.